The Glue, the podcast about business development, marketing and communications in professional services. So welcome to The Glue. I'm James Stringer, a former BD director and now trainer, consultant and coach on business development bids and offsites. This podcast is called The Glue because BD marketing and communications teams and professional services are the glue that holds the whole thing together. This episode of The Glue is the second part of our discussion about public relations or PR. In the first episode, we discussed why PR is important, how to structure a campaign and how to maximize its impact. In the second episode, we consider crisis management, the value of media training for fee earners, and what makes a great PR person. Once again, I'm joined by Claire Rodway, Managing Director of Kaizen PR, and Campbell McElroy, Director of Global Communications at Grant Thornton International. So let's get on with it. Could you share between you a 101 on crisis management, for example, if a partner or a fee owner has made a mistake and it's likely to appear in the media. Campbell, do you want to kick off? I think this is where any good PR professional or team really show their true value, and it, it does happen. The key is being able to keep a cool head and have a clear understanding of what you're dealing with. I think the mistakes people make sometimes is rushing to get a statement out before they've collected all the facts. So the, the first step in any crisis situation is to really understand what you're dealing with. And this is where relationships are so important, that if your senior or managing partner trusts that you know what you're doing, they will make sure you're informed. And that, you know there are still organisations around the world who will take the view that the last people you tell are the communications team because they're going to blurt something out to the world. And the, the number of times I worked on communications plans that I hoped would never see the light of day but it was about planning and being prepared and thinking through all the different scenarios and contingencies that might happen. So there, there are different types of crises, the ones you know that are coming and the ones that will completely blindside you. And I think the ones you know that are coming are, again, those comms plans that I talk about where you've really taken time to think through because something's happened internally and you're hoping it doesn't get out. What are the different contingencies? And it's a classic game of chess of, okay, if this happens, we do that. If that happens, we do this. And just being very methodical and trying to stick to that point. Things will still go wrong. In a real crisis where someone comes out of the blue, get the facts as much as you can. Be clear about what facts you know and what facts you don't know. And if you don't know, in a, in a breaking situation, the media will always give you a bit of breathing room. And I say a bit and emphasise a bit. And it's okay to say, look, I don't know. Give me some time. I'll come back to you. But they won't give you that much time because they will be sniffing around to find out themselves. And again, that relationship and trust is so important because you need to be able to go back to people and go, I need to know what's going on because they're asking these questions. But the other key thing in that is only deal with what they come at you with. I think sometimes people make the mistake if they found out we need to give away, we tell them everything. They may have part of the story and Back in my very dark past when I was a journalist, a lot of the time I'd ring someone up and go, I've heard something and I think it's this and that. Oh, no, no, it's the other thing and this thing. And then you ring someone else. I was, I've heard something, it's this thing and the other thing. And I said, well, I heard it was that. And you slowly piece the story together. They may do that. They may not. They might just call you straight after they've spoken to the first person. They go, I've heard this. 
and you go, okay, ask me a question and just deal with what they've got. Don't assume they have the full picture because very rarely, as we all know, do the media have the full picture and um, sometimes you can make things a lot worse by just giving away everything at at the first ask. Claire? My golden rule is always engage. Mm. Uh, If it's a difficult story, even more so, always engage. Um, Sometimes if you're in a really difficult position in the story, um, I just make sure that I'm really diligent with the journalist and I treat them with respect. I don't never leave them hanging, never leave them hanging. You, because the, the, the best you can do is get them to appreciate your position. If you are able to say something, um, by the way, I don't believe in the dark arts. Uh, I don't think that's the way to deal with with any story, and I I just will never go there. So it's not about deflecting and hiding. It's about um, when you know what you can say, all the things you said about having all the facts, know what you know, know what you don't know. If you are ready to start talking about a story, it's about trying to get the journalist to at least listen to your point of view. They may not agree with it, but you want them to do some fair reporting on on, on your position. So if you treat the journalist with respect, always ask them their deadlines. And I'll often say to them, look, I'm going to find out. I don't know what's going on here. I haven't been briefed on this. I don't know this story at all. Tell me your deadline. I promise I will get back to you. I may not be able to give you anything, but I will get back to you and tell you that in good time. So I'm not messing you around because presumably if we can't help you, you'll want to go and talk to somebody else. So that kind of communication with the journalist, and it's just going to give you the best chance of them being respectful about about your position on the on the story also there's a point about journalists as well i interpret where i am with the journalists not by how they're behaving uh, necessarily because you get different character types like news journalists are always in a hurry and it attracts people who like living in a hurry. So they can they can be quite quite scary to deal with if, if you're not used to it. Um, so I won't be rushed and I won't be rattled by a news journalist sort of barking at, at, at me. Uh, features journalists have got all the time in the world and they'll they'll love to go into detail and 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 talk and they're interested in issues and angles and stuff. And investigative journalists, they're the hardest to deal with, as we know, because they're they're lone wolves generally. They won't do a sort of a trade on a a, a story, so you, you you do have to be very careful. But journalists might jump up and down and wave their arms around and try to rattle you because that's what they're doing to try and get stuff out of you. But what matters is, do you have an opportunity to put across your side of the story? So you've got to ignore all of those behaviours and just look at the facts, the situation. Think about that end story that's going to appear on the page and who else is going to be asked, what the context of your quote is going to be so that you can put yourself in the best possible light. All of that stuff I completely agree with. I mean, for any PR person, the day you start trying to lie and fudge things for, you know, clients or the firm you're working for, you're pretty much shot. It's and the point I was making about just take your time is exactly for that reason because you can get caught in that hurry up, hurry up. There's a panic, there's a rush, and it's like, well, hang on, I can only answer what I know, and you've got to maintain some control over the situation yourself. And completely agree, it's about 
it might be a terrible story and you need to manage it both sides to your stakeholders internally say, look, I'm really sorry, you're just going to get a kicking for this one because someone's done something stupid and rightly people are going to point the finger at them. We shouldn't lie, we shouldn't, you know, obfuscate or, or you know, deny what's happening. We can try and minimise, but what else can you do to help shape the story in the background? What other information about what's happening can you provide just to give a bit of context? So hopefully the story ends up with a bit more balance because the worst thing is someone going, no comment, we're not commenting. It's like, well, they're just going to take whatever they've got and they're going to run with it because you have closed up shop and you're not filling any of the column inches. You're not, you're not trying to f- take some of the space or the air out of the story. And I would just add that some of my best, longest-standing journalist relationships have come out of really difficult stories mm. I dealt with maybe 20 years ago. Um, and you can, it's yeah. an opportunity to build incredible trust. And after the story's over, it's just, you, know, you, you might joke as you're going through it, say, we, we need to have a beer when this is all over, you know, <laughs> shall we? And then you do, and then you bond and you have respect because journalists are intelligent people, not just lawyers, journalists are intelligent people. And they know that you're doing a job mm-hmm. and they know that there's a point beyond which you're not going to be able to go. But if you act professionally and you're honest and within, your constraints you're decent and the way that you deal with a journalist that 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 can build a lot of trust actually so it's clear that having skillful pr teams either internally or through an agency is important but obviously quite a lot of the pr activity is done by the fee owners themselves so is media training for fee owners worthwhile And what mistakes does this training help to avoid, Campbell? I think it's one of the best investments a a firm or an individual partner can make, and also the PR team. You know, we mentioned just before in the campaign context, doing that preparation, understanding and talking to the media in advance, you also don't want to walk into an interview with a partner who you have no idea how they're going to perform. So a great sort of safe space to put partners through their paces, but also show them some of the pitfalls of dealing with the media. One of the big challenges in dealing with partners in in firms is they're incredibly intelligent people. That can be both a blessing and a curse. They not only think they know everything, they know they know everything is a phrase I've used. And, And that then, you know, it's a transactional relationship with the media. And if you have a partner who comes across as a bit too clever uh, or they're looking down their nose at the media because they think, well, they're inferior to me and they don't know what I know, it's not going to be a great interview. The journalist is not going to think well of them and probably not give them a good write-up. But also one of the great things about intelligent people is the ones who really get it can make it really simple and really clear. So if you have people who can't do that, you know you're going to need to manage things a lot better. But there's also just a lot of the basics of for the partners themselves of preparation. What is your key message? How are you going to deliver that? Particularly when it comes to media interviews where you're not going to sit for an hour in a room with a journalist and talk about a topic and opine and take your time. You've got 30 seconds, 60 seconds, 90 seconds for a full interview sometimes to get your point across. And that means you need to be incredibly prepared with your key messages and what you need to say. And Claire, you've delivered a lot of media training. What are the things that you've found partners find perhaps hardest to prepare for? I can talk about their fear sometimes because there's different scenarios. If you're being interviewed as a law firm, you're being interviewed by the lawyer 
about a difficult story in the firm, that is that's probably the hardest for a law firm to deal with compared to if you're on Radio 4 today, you're in a very different scenario and um, it's scary because the medium is unfamiliar. So giving people comfort around that is important. But quite often lawyers don't understand how different their role is in that situation. Typically they will be an expert talking head. And we were talking about this the other day, weren't we? Um, that quite often, because what they see on TV is the politicians being challenged and probed, that's where the fear comes from. They think they're going to be grilled. And I'm not overstating this, but that is actually part of our democracy. It's really important that journalists do that. But that is an adversarial situation. Whereas if you're an expert talking head, and to lawyers, I'll say it's a bit like being an expert witness on a case, you're on the same side as the legal team and the legal team want you to look good in the same way. So if we go back to the the journalist scenario, they've invited you on as an expert talking head, you're their choice of experts. So they want you to look good. And so you, if you have difficulty, they will throw you a lifeline. That's a great. Point. I mean, they're, they're there to lend credibility of the story, aren't they? Exactly. That sort of that 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 expert opinion. So, and again, but but again, that context I think is important for training of okay, well, what what are we going into? But and equally, once the training's over, your PR teams or agencies' job of briefing the partner properly of okay, remember the different scenarios. This is this type of interview, or no, actually, it's that type of interview, and understanding what they're walking into. Um, what advice do you have for others, our listeners, who want to specialise in PR and professional services? It builds on what I was just saying before. The, the, the thing I've always said to teams that I've had is there's, particularly in professional services, I think there's three things you need to be successful in the role. I think first of all is your internal network. You actually need to know uh, who holds the power in the organisation and who are the people you need to have good relationships with. Uh, and you need to be a person that, when you turn up at someone's door, hopefully they're going to smile and say, come on in, so that when things go wrong, they will trust you with information and they know they can trust you. And, and trust is the biggest part of the job. Internal network, then your external network. And it's pretty much a mirror image. Building relationships with journalists, as we we're just talking about, vesting the time in it so they know that they can trust you and you both know where you stand in certain situations is incredibly important. Also, if you don't have the external network in the media context, you're not context. You're not much use to your your organisation. Um, it's it's kind of the core part of the job. The other bit I think people need to work on is product knowledge, as as I would describe. Now, it's not your job to be an expert in the area that you're looking after, but you need to be able to understand enough to connect the dots. You need to be able to hold your own with in a conversation with a partner, and you need to be able to hold your own in a conversation with a, a journalist who covers this you know, sector, industry, topic, whatever it might be, every day. Now, the benefit of that is you can start to spot the opportunities because if the journalists are talking about something and your partners are not, it's like, well, these guys are asking about this, maybe we should be, or equally, if the journalists aren't talking about something your partners are talking about, well, maybe they haven't seen the story there and there's an opportunity. Um, so I do I do think it, it does come down to those simple things of internal network, external network and product knowledge and working on those continuously. Claire, when you're looking to hire people to join your agency, what do you look for? 
It's taken us years to learn uh, what what works for us. We we are looking for an intellectual curiosity. We always hire at the junior end and then train people up. I've got someone with me now who's been with me 10 years, someone eight years. So we're looking to grow our own really good PRs. And we have a killer question that we always ask at interview, which is, you know, people always say, oh, I'm very interested in the news. And you say, well, our killer question is, and take some time to think about it, but can you tell us one story uh, that's in the press at the moment that has a legal edge to it, not not about a law firm, but just has some kind of a legal thing going on. And it really separates out the people who are curious about news stories. I think I, I, I completely agree. Curiosity is so important. So the last thing I want to do on this episode is to thank my guests, Claire Rodway and Campbell McElroy. Thank you, Claire. Well, thank you, James. Thank you, Campbell. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks very much for having us. We have exciting plans for future episodes, so please look out for updates from me on LinkedIn. You can find other episodes of The Glue on Spotify, and please follow me on Spotify so you don't miss any. Goodbye.